This week on the Bioneers, Revolution from the Heart of Nature. I'm just going to keep screaming and advocating as long as I can that we need to get off oil. The sooner, the better. I'm Neil Harvey. Join us for An Oil Spill Runs Through It, Corporate Power and the Sliming of American Democracy on the Bioneers, Revolution from the Heart of Nature. Some historians say the modern environmental mass movement was ignited by an oil spill. In January 1969, more than 3 million gallons of toxic crude oil surged upward from a crack in the ocean floor resulting from the Union Oil Corporation's drilling. A thick, slimy sludge stained the sparkling beaches of Santa Barbara, California. Television history was made when the public gasped at the iconic images of thousands of oil-soaked birds dying helplessly on the sand. Hundreds of miles of ocean were tinged by the suffocating black sheen. Outraged citizens demanded the government of, by, and for the people take action to protect the natural beauty and health of their country from sea to shining sea. Public outrage over the disaster triggered the first Earth Day. In April 1970, 20 million Americans took to the streets. Congress responded by enacting the first federal environmental protections that aggressively restrained the juggernaut of environmental harms perpetrated by big business against our common heritage. Landmark big-ticket legislation passed overwhelmingly. The Clean Water Act, the Clean Air Act, the Wilderness Act, the Endangered Species Act. Soon, the Environmental Protection Agency was consummated. In the intervening decades, big oil and big business at large have fought relentlessly to roll back, undermine, and otherwise throttle any regulation, legislation, and government agencies designed to limit their unfettered profitability. On Earth Day 2010, fate came calling again. The massive British petroleum gash in the sea floor unleashed the worst oil cataclysm in American history. Can we really protect the environment and public health and well-being when the rules are written by those they're supposed to regulate? This is an oil spill runs through it, the sliming of American democracy, with human rights and constitutional attorneys Jeff Clements and John Boniface, with biologist and democracy advocate Ricky Ott. My name is Neil Harvey. I'll be your host. Welcome to the Bioneers, revolution from the heart of nature. Carcasses, carcasses all over the beaches. People would take walks at night. They would call me and say, my God, I just came across this dolphin carcass. My wife and I, we got surrounded. We were told, do not touch that carcass. And within 15 minutes, a white van pulled up. People ran out, grabbed the carcass, gone. I mean, who is in charge? That's what people started asking me. We thought it was America. How is it that BP can order us around? How is it that our own federal government is doing BP's bidding? What happened here? And I already had the answer because we'd already been through this with Axon Valdez. An oil spill runs through corporate history. Oil has been called the original sin in American politics. In the face of potentially catastrophic fossil-fueled climate change, the political and ecological stakes couldn't be higher. Dr. Ricky Ott was an eyewitness to the effects of both the Exxon Valdez supertanker leak of 11 million gallons into Alaska's pristine Prince William Sound in 1989 
and then the catastrophic consequences of the rupture of BP's Deepwater Horizon oil rig that spewed more than 200 million gallons into the Gulf of Mexico in 2010. Ricky Ott is a marine toxicologist, author, and commercial fisherman. For more than 20 years, she's sought justice for those devastated by the Exxon Valdez catastrophe. A national expert on oil spill impacts on ecosystems, people, and communities, she went to work in the Gulf region for six months straight during the disaster. She wanted to share what Alaskans had learned the hard way. She spoke at a recent Bioneers conference. I never thought I would say this, but the Exxon Valdez was so horrific for me. When I got down to the Gulf and saw what was going on down there, the Exxon Valdez was like a cakewalk compared to what is going on in the Gulf. So I actually when I could come up for air, I had to think about what happened. Why is it that it's not only BP screaming, you know, hide the cameras, you know, keep the people off the beach, but the federal government is also helping the U.S. Navy, the Coast Guard, dumb down the Americans' images that get released, dumb down the public's understanding. Oil is toxic. Dispersants are toxic. Why is EPA and NOAA, OSHA, Federal agencies trying to say, oh, it's not that bad, it's not that toxic. I couldn't believe it. At least with Exxon Valdez, we had NOAA, the National Oceanographic and Atmospheric Administration, came out with studies that prove that oil causes long-term harm. And they studied it for eight years. The Gulf oil spill occurred at the same season as the one in, in Prince William Sound, the Exxon Valdez, and that it was at the beginning of the summer where everything is spawning and birthing and it's the, the season of life and young things. And oil and dispersant, they're more toxic, have a much greater impact on eggs, on embryos, larvae, juvenile, sub-adults than adults. So I'm anticipating that we're going to see probably holes in the ecosystem from the Gulf of Mexico disaster as well. After experiencing the devastation of the Exxon Valdez and BP oil spills firsthand, Ricky Ott came to some clear conclusions. These were not accidents. They were predictable outcomes. It's not about protecting the public and the environment. It's really about protecting the corporate bottom line. And what played out in the Gulf was this incredible travesty where the people found out that The laws that protect worker safety, protect public health, have so many loopholes and exemptions in them that they literally could not prevent spill responders from getting sick. The laws literally could not prevent that because the corporations, BP and others, have driven big exemptions into, um, well, if it's a cold or a flu, you don't have to report it. Well, chemical illnesses, chemical poisoning mimic colds and flus. So the laws don't protect the public health. They don't protect worker safety. They certainly didn't protect the environment. Instead, what I saw in the Gulf were five federal agencies working very hard to find no oil in the water quality samples, no air quality problem, no problem with the seafood. The Gulf is safe. We can reopen the fisheries. It's all over like within two weeks of the well being capped. It's all over. It certainly wasn't. The ocean was full of oil. And so for me, this was actually my scariest moment, realizing that our president is swimming in the Gulf. It's a total public relations gimmick for the corporations and the economy that apparently is more important than people's health, social wealth, and the environment. 
Ricky Ott knew better than to buy the official story. Her Alaskan experience was deja vu all over again in the Gulf. In her beloved Prince William Sound, sea life was devastated. Up to half a million seabirds died, along with some 5,000 sea otters, 300 harbor seals, and billions of vulnerable young salmon and fish eggs. Our ecosystem collapsed four years after the Exxon Valdez oil spill, and that was because the young of the year didn't make it. Prince William Sound ecosystem has still not fully recovered to this day. The herring population never recovered. The remnant population is not large enough to support the ecosystem needs and build up excess capacity where we can fish. So to this day, our fishery is closed indefinitely, and this means our fishermen are losing money on something that happened 23 years ago. The scientists have no idea, if ever, when the herring will recover. And the ecosystem is largely dependent on herring, so until the herring come back, the ecosystem will not come back to what it was pre-Exxon Valdez. Still today, that oil spill is a disaster in slow motion, impacting the environment and the economy. Dig down in the beach gravel, and you'll strike oil. Complex litigation dragged on for over two decades, and ExxonMobil won a war of attrition. 6,000 of the original 22,000 plaintiffs have died. In 1994, a jury awarded the plaintiffs $5 billion in punitive damages, equal to one year's worth of Exxon profits at that time. A U.S. appeals court cut the amount in half, whereupon the Supreme Court lowered the judgment to just over $500 million, one-tenth of the original award. BP used the same highly toxic Corexit dispersant products that Exxon did 20 years earlier. However, BP used much more. The Gulf is a massive medical experiment. Dr. Ott and other health professionals have already observed adverse health outcomes in the Gulf, including human deaths. The reason that I've invested a whole year of my time in the Gulf is I think this is it. I think we are running out of a window of time to make a graceful transition to our next energy source and to the cultures of the future. And I am still hoping that this Gulf disaster will be the turning point for America and that people will see that it's not okay for people to get sick like this. It's not okay to totally crash ecosystems like this. We have to count the planet, the environment, our health, people's health, our well-being as higher up on the totem pole than the economy. And we need to build an economy that's going to create well-being, that's going to create and sustain a healthy environment. And if we don't take advantage of disasters like what happened in the Gulf and put everything we've got into having this be our megaphone for transition, then we're basically dooming our children and our grandchildren. And I'm just not ready to throw in the towel. And I'm just going to keep screaming and advocating as long as I can that we need to get off oil. The sooner, the better. The transition to renewable energy and clean technologies is inevitable. Yet there's little doubt that big oil will continue to delay that transition as long as possible to wring every last penny of profit from fossil fuels. As Ricky Ott asks, how can American citizens really solve this environmental crisis 
without addressing the role of corporations in a democracy. When we return, what can citizens do about big oil stranglehold on American politics? This is an oil spill runs through it, the sliming of American democracy. I'm Neil Harvey. You're listening to The Bioneers, revolution from the heart of nature. Bioneers Radio is made possible in part by John Masters Organics. Feel good about looking good. Learn more at johnmasters.com. To explore more Bioneers Radio shows and conference videos for free, visit bioneers.org. Poll after poll shows that the American public believes big business simply has far too much influence on government. Kevin Phillips, author of the book Wealth and Democracy, finds that despite free market laissez-faire rhetoric, great wealth accumulation is made through the manipulation of the political system and government policies. Citizens of all political persuasions are seeing that big corporations today have more power and now more rights than people do. Nobody, no matter whether you're Republican, Democrat, Independent, Green, Libertarian, thinks that our government is responsive at the moment, and virtually everybody knows it's because it's been subverted and taken over by corporate interests. Jeff Clements has worked for more than 20 years as a New England attorney and has served in government, most recently in the Massachusetts Attorney General's office, where he was chief of the Public Protection Bureau. With John Boniface, he co-founded Free Speech for People, a campaign to overturn the corporate subversion of democracy. He spoke at a Bioneers conference with Dr. Ricky Ott and John Boniface. Boniface is an attorney who for more than 20 years has worked on voting rights and democracy concerns, first as the founder of the National Voting Rights Institute and then as the legal director of Voter Action. They all agree that since the first Earth Day in 1970, corporations have waged a concentrated, coordinated, and very well-funded campaign for corporate constitutional rights a campaign that reached its apex with Citizens United versus Federal Election Commission, a seismic case on which the Supreme Court ruled in 2010. Citizens United goes to the very heart of democracy, the right of all of us to have a vote and a clean election. And as we've seen in past elections since Citizens United, we no longer have a real shot at having a fair voice, a fair vote. In January 2010, the Supreme Court ruled by a narrow 5-4 vote on Citizens United that corporate funding of so-called independent political broadcasts in candidate elections cannot be limited. The ruling struck down a century-old ban on corporate spending in elections, calling it free speech under the First Amendment. Up until this highly controversial ruling, the Bipartisan Campaign Reform Act of 2002 prevented all corporations, for-profit, non-profit, and unions from broadcasting, quote, electioneering communications. One reason was to prevent corporations from using their enormous financial firepower to influence the results of an election by mentioning the name of any candidate on air 
in the run-up to an election. Then a partisan nonprofit corporation calling itself Citizens United demanded the right to use corporate funds to air what the Supreme Court considered a feature-length advertisement attacking Hillary Clinton during the primary election in which she was running for president. The Supreme Court upended all prior law and precedent when it sanctioned corporations to spend unlimited amounts of money on political advertising. Free speech suddenly became incredibly expensive. Again, Jeff Clemens. The First Amendment right of free speech means that corporate money has to be unfettered to influence the outcome of elections. Now, that's a devastating conclusion for democracy, and it's a conclusion that is utterly at odds with our history, with our Constitution, and with any hope going forward of a successful self-government of free people. Clemens asserts that Citizens United is probably the most activist court decision in the history of the Supreme Court. John Boniface agrees. And it will go down in history as one of the most egregious rulings of the Supreme Court. It will be among those cases that will be recognized in years to come as a, a ruling that should never have happened. One of the arguments that Justice Kennedy makes is that corporations are merely associations of people who need to also be protected under the First Amendment. That claim, if it was presented in a class in law school around corporations or corporate law, would never pass any kind of test, any exam. It's well understood that voluntary, unincorporated associations of people are one thing. But when you seek to be chartered by the state to be a corporation, you are no longer just an association of people. You are a state-based entity with state-based advantages that you and I do not have. Limited liability, perpetual life, the ability to aggregate wealth and distribute wealth. And for that reason, it's always been understood prior to this ruling that we control whether or not these corporations have ability to spend their money in the political process, that we are the ones who oversee corporations, not vice versa. Attorney Jeff Clements deconstructs the Citizens United case and outlines the chilling effect it is having on political issues, such as health care reform. When you read Justice Kennedy's decision, it is surreal. He never says, what is a corporation, let alone provides an answer. Instead, it's all it's like a train wreck of metaphor. You have the associations of people, voices, and, you know, lots of voices are referred to. And then at one point he even describes a disadvantaged class of persons. And what he is referring to is corporate America, who are not a disadvantaged class and they're not persons. So it really is a surreal decision. It's an embarrassing decision, frankly. It would have been embarrassing for a law student to write that kind of explanation of what the case was about. And despite that, Chief Justice Roberts, Justice Scalia, Justice Alito, Justice Thomas all decided to join that decision. I have heard others describe it as Bush versus Gore on steroids, because that was one election. This is the future of our democracy in every election. And it was a, unfortunately, essentially a power grab away from the people to corporate America. The top Fortune 100 companies, for example, made $600 billion in profits in 2008. If they spent merely 2% of those profits that election year, it would be double the amount spent on all presidential campaigns combined. 
So if you are a congressman, if you are a state representative, if you are a senator of the United States, if you are president of the United States, you now have to think about when the lobbyist from corporate America walks into your office and says, gee, we'd like your help on, you know, maybe it's mountaintop mining, blowing mountaintops off in Appalachia and turning them into coal mines. You know, maybe it's whether we're going to have climate destabilization remedies. Whatever it is, you know that they have a war chest of billions of dollars if you don't give them that, quote, help, unquote, or if you decide to try to get something done for the public. And it may be that people just don't have the ability to say no or to say yes to the people. They might just lay low and not do anything. They might just choose to sit that one out. And unfortunately, if they do stand up for the people, they probably won't be there after the next election. And they know that, and the Chamber of Commerce and corporate America knows that. So often they don't even need to spend the money. They just hint at what might happen if they don't go along. Jeff Clements says it is the global corporations that are of most concern to those seeking to maintain the free and fair political process promised in the Constitution of the United States. The real concern, of course, isn't the, you know, the mom-and-pop store that incorporated or the small business that incorporated. The real concern is the Fortune 100, the biggest corporations in the world, and they aren't really American corporations anymore. These are global corporations. So, you know, we shouldn't be misled into thinking that even if we can ban, quote-unquote, foreign money in elections, that somehow we've solved the problem. So that's why we have to keep our eye on the ball. It's not just that they're foreign. It's not just that they're undisclosed. It's that corporations are not people. They're the ones we're concerned about in our elections and in our taking over our government, our global entities. Recent polls show that 80 percent of Americans agree with the dissenting opinion of Justice Stevens in the Citizens United case. Corporations are not people and do not deserve the same rights as individual citizens. John Boniface, Jeff Clemens, and Ricky Ott point to a growing citizen movement, including a campaign to add a 28th Amendment to the Constitution. It would reverse Citizens United, reaffirm that free speech is for people, and deny that corporate money is speech under the First Amendment right. They remind us that although this battle will not easily be won, popular movements have amended the Constitution. 27 times before. John Boniface. So here's how you can get involved. We, we want to see local organizing committees uh, all across this country that are engaged in fighting uh, for this, to get resolutions passed at the local and state level, to hold house parties, town hall meetings, teach-ins on the campuses, to get people further engaged in understanding uh, what has happened via not just this ruling, but the corporate rights doctrine that's overtaking our democracy and our self-government. Uh, and we also want to push back in the courts to advance the arguments that the Supreme Court got it wrong and to find those dissenting voices uh, within the courts. We think an amendment campaign is critical to having that environment uh, created that enables that pushback uh, in the courts. We've got to have this overarching piece of an amendment campaign that says we the people must rule, not we the corporations. I would also just say that, you know, the ballot initiative process needs to be used in those states where it's uh, available to push forward the call uh, for an amendment. Uh, and, and finally, the targeting of key states for initial victories to demonstrate to the rest of the country that we can do this, that we have done this before.
Jeff Clemens. It has started a firestorm around the country, and that, that's what's exciting, that's what's good. You know, this is a critical issue. We can't get any of the things we need to get done without getting corporate power under control. It's now in every state, every political persuasion. So that tells us something. That tells us we have a historic opportunity to seize the advantage. Ricky Ott. And so at some point, the American public, you know, we have to pay attention to not only the game that we play through Congress, through electing and passing laws, but also who writes the rules to the game. And that increasingly evermore has become the uh, Supreme Court itself. And the rules of the game are changing in a direction that we kind of got blindsided by. And the, really the only course correction for this is to come back, not through Congress, because this is now supreme law of the land, says the Supreme Court, but really to amend the supreme law of the land through the Constitution and say, you know, no, Supreme Court is wrong. We the people actually have the power to do this. It's a matter of us believing we have this power and then acting on that power. An oil spill runs through it, the sliming of American democracy. Many more Bioneers radio programs and conference videos are available online for free at Bioneers.org, where you can also find out how to attend the annual Bioneers conference and local Bioneers satellite conferences near you. Bioneers voices are heard more widely with your support. Join by visiting Bioneers.org or call 1-877-BIONEER. The Bioneers, Revolution from the Heart of Nature is a production of Collective Heritage Institute. Executive producer, Kenny Ausubel. Written by Catherine Stifter and Kenny Ausubel. Senior producer, Neil Harvey. Managing producer, Stephanie Welch. Production management, Aaron Leventman and Chuck Castleberry. Station relations by Creative PR. Distribution is by WFMT Radio Network. Original recordings provided by Focus Audio Visual. Interview recording engineer, Jeff Westman. Our theme music is taken from the album Journey Between by Baca Beyond and used by permission of Hannibal Records, a Disc label. Additional music was made available by Manifest Spirit Music at manifestspirit.com. For more music information, please visit bioneers.org. The opinions expressed in the Bioneers Revolution from the Heart of Nature radio series are those of the presenters and are not necessarily those of Collective Heritage Institute, the underwriters, or this radio station. My name is Neil Harvey. Thank you for listening. I invite you to join the Bioneers in inspiring a shift to live on Earth in ways that honor the web of life, each other, and future generations. This is program number 1111. This program was made possible in part by Organic Valley Family of Farms, organic and family-owned since 1988. Learn more at organicvalley.coop. Also by Park Foundation, dedicated to heightening public awareness of critical issues, as well as by the generous support of listeners like you.